it counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. There ain't no second place in Lambo, it's a whole new game. You either go big, go hard, or go Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. I'm still catching my breath. Wags, we're five and one. Yeah, man, uh, we survived somehow. I think uh, Coach LaFleur said it best after the game. Don't know how we got that one, but we got it done, didn't flinch, and got out of Lambeau with victory last night. Wow. I, and, yeah, I, there's so much to unpack here, but uh, I, I'm just – I got to say on the, the top of this podcast, I'm so proud of these guys. They battled. They weathered the storms. They were down 13 nothing could have been a lot worse and they just started to dig themselves out slowly but surely never led until the final kick off of Mason Crosby's foot and uh, to come out of a win after what we saw uh, on uh, Monday Night Football man I gotta tell you I feel like we kind of stole one yeah I do too you kind of just uh, took the words right out of my mouth but you know, I think there are quite a few positives to take away from a game like this still. And even though <laughs> you said in the recap, if it was uh, close or we were uh, kind of scraping or clawing uh, all throughout the game, your neighbors probably and your wife would not be too happy with you. Well, <laughs> I think after about the third or fourth drop, I started bellowing and shouting. And it just sort of came out. So, Dane, I'm sure we're like a lot of other people out there that uh, we're not too pleased with what was happening last night for much of the game. Um, so unlike some games where sometimes we can get into, you know, what, what didn't go so well and how we can fix it, to me, this is all just mental errors. And it's so fixable and everybody's so aware of uh, the issues with, with the drops and some of the self-inflicted penalties that I really don't even know if it's worth getting into that much. Do you? No, I don't. I mean, the reality that we're looking at is we're 2-0 and without one of the top five receivers in football, and for back-to-back weeks we've had a 100-yard rusher, and somehow they're different running backs. I mean, talk about a positive. We're moving the football on the ground at a clip that – I don't remember the last time the Packers' run game has been this strong back-to-back weeks, and to have it with two different players just starts to show the how dangerous this offense is, is becoming here in this league. Absolutely. And I, to be honest with you, Dane, I don't know that uh, uh, David Bakhtiari or Billy Turner had their best game of the season, but we were still able to get some nice holes, and Jamal Williams was really on point. Aaron Jones certainly didn't have his best game either. But I think he'll be fine. It just goes to show what having a one-two punch out there can really do for this offense. And on another note, I don't think I've seen Aaron Rodgers this comfortable uh, in an offense in quite some time. I'm not even just talking this season. Going back to uh, last season or the season before, he just looked like he was back to his old self and very, very confident and comfortable in everything he was doing back there in a way that I haven't seen in quite some time. Yeah, Wags, you're hitting it on the head 100%, man. I got to say, uh, with Rodgers back there, it's right now, I mean, folks, it's not about the stats with this guy. 
he has a command that he certain he certainly didn't have week one or, or or week two. We're watching him. I mean, if you go back and watch what he did, uh, those of you that are listening to this podcast, he was going through checkdowns and progressions in a way that you're right. He hasn't done it in this way in the last couple of years. I saw in some plays he made it through four progressions before making a throw, and uh, that just shows that he's really easing in and becoming more confident in this offense, and he's been able to find a bunch of different receivers. I mean, I'll tell you what. If those receivers would have caught some of those balls last night, Aaron Rodgers is having an absolute monster football game uh, and the stat column, but instead uh, he wasn't getting a lot of help from some of the guys early on, but he was still throwing strikes, and his decision-making right now in this offense is just through the roof. Yeah, and, I mean, he was still 24 of 39 with, what, seven or eight drops passes and 280 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, the interception he had was clearly not his fault at all. Uh, so I thought he was just on point all night. And as you said, going through those progressions and the comfort level, he was doing that pre-snap. He was uh, really, it looked like he was in full control and, and really understood exactly what the Lions were trying to do. And, uh, oh, by the way, uh, he not only is without Devontae Adams, but loses Geronimo Allison halfway through that game. So, and it's a, a, quite a performance and to see that comfort level, uh, and it almost seemed to, to progress as the game went along, uh, is, is very, very encouraging. Um, the best thing I think I saw out of this is when Rogers isn't thinking or processing and he's just playing with his natural instincts and abilities, it may just be one game, but it just seemed to me that his accuracy was up to another level last night that I haven't seen in a while as well. And he had that, you know, vintage Aaron Rodgers accuracy on some of those throws um, that they showed on replay from the angle he was throwing at. And I'm like, what is he seeing that he's <laughs> releasing that ball? And it's just right on target. One of the underrated plays in the game, I thought, was their last possession on a catch that Jimmy Graham made. And there was really no window in which to place that ball. And Rodgers found a window, and Jimmy made a nice catch to come down with the ball. It was a second down play, but I thought that was a, a big play on that drive to keep the ball moving. Um, obviously, that throw to Allen Sard on a 35-yard touchdown Ooh. strike was just a – amazing pass and, and a really, really nice catch by Lazard to haul that in as well. So uh, when you're working with uh, less than full strength and missing your top two receivers, um, for it, for them to be able to do what they did is is really, really a positive thing, and I think it's going to pay dividends down the road. You totally wedge. And, uh, I mean, let's talk about the guys that were out there in the fourth quarter that he's throwing to at the wide receiver. He's throwing to MVF, who uh, was banged up earlier in the game. It looked pretty nasty. But he got rolled up on uh, pretty bad there. Jake Kumaro, um, uh, Darius Shepard, and Alan Lazard. Those are his wide receivers. And if you poll 10 out of 10 casual Packer fans, they probably know who MVS is and maybe Jay Kumaro, and they're going, who's Alan Lazard and who's Darius Shepard? Uh, I know you and I have both been incredibly high uh, on Lazard uh, going into the season. We were excited to see him make the, the team, but 
my goodness, the, this young man comes in, Wags, in the fourth quarter. I think he played about 10 minutes of the game, and he ended up with four catches for 65 yards, has that big touchdown catch. He's going back to the huddle, and it sounds like he's telling Rodgers where, where he's going to be and what plays he thinks they should be running. And then to Aaron Rodgers' credit, Rodgers trusts him, delivers a 15-yard completion. I mean, you got to be excited about what this guy's doing. I know, granted, small sample size, undrafted free agent, but talk about stepping up in a big moment on national TV. Everybody's talking about Alan Lazard right now, and we couldn't be more proud of him. Yeah, this is a kid that we've been high on going all the way back to the off-season OTAs. Um, someone that we wanted to keep an eye on and see if he was able to take a step forward in his development. And he, he's got a lot of natural talent. I know he's an undrafted kid, but as you pointed out in the past, was a high school All-American and certainly someone that, uh, when you look at him from a physical standpoint, seems like he uh, could have a lot of the tools that you're looking for. Now, it's a long way away from anointing Alan Lazard as the next uh, up-and-coming uh, go-to receiver of this Packers organization. But certainly uh, for a kid that wasn't out there, really probably in the game plan at all, to come in and come up with the big plays that he did um, was was a, a significant factor in this game. And not to take anything away from Geronimo Allison, and I know it's always tough when the guy gets hurt, um, and I hope he's going to be okay. But to be honest with you, Dane, he just was not out there performing. It was not his best game. And he's been so up and down already as it is this season. Um, I, I don't know. If you get a, a guy like Alan Lazard that out, that's out there and is able to produce, he might just uh, have an opportunity to get some more snaps and get some more passes thrown his way. Because this is a Packers pass offense that, let's be honest, they're looking for guys to step up in a big way. Um, and, um, uh, take some opportunities and, and make some plays and, and uh, uh, be able to contribute to this Packers offense. Yeah, and as we we check down to different wide receivers on this roster, uh, we got to mention Darius Shepard. Uh, I think a pretty disappointing night for him. He'd be the first to admit that. Uh, special team, one of his uh, big opportunities here. We cut our kick returner, uh, uh, Tremont's myth earlier in the week and um you know so shepherd's got kick return duty he's got punt return duty he's uh put into a situation where he's got to be more of a offensive weapon as well once chivo went down and uh you know he looked a bit like an undrafted free agent to be totally honest he had a uh, uh a big mistake on a punt return he went up he kind of high pointed that ball uh, well, that uh, caused a fumble, allowed Detroit to, to get the ball back at a critical point in the game. And then uh, certainly the uh, the interception uh, that, that's attributed to Rodgers, but, but went right off of uh, Darius's face mask, popped up. Detroit defender was able to pick the ball off and return it. Uh, you got a feel for Darius, somebody that I know you and I really liked watching in the preseason, had some nice spark moments, and, and you and I saw him in person at camp, really clean punt returner, so I was a little surprised uh, to see the, the fumble on the punt return because he, he shows such sure hands and looks really comfortable back there normally. Um, so my question to you, Wags, is do you think 
he's going to have another opportunity here. I, I, I know maybe not as much potentially next week in the wide receiver position, but uh, do you think he sticks around and makes it another week? Because I'm hoping that uh, the Packers give him another chance here. We don't have a lot of other options right now uh, with Trevor Davis no longer in Green Bay. I, I think that it's a big learning experience and a teachable moment for Darius Shepard, and I hope he gets that opportunity. Uh, but in the NFL, there's no sure things, and Goody does show uh, uh, you know, a, a bit of a, a way about him where he isn't afraid to churn people on the roster as needed. So what's your take, Wags? Do you think that Darius is going to get another shot this week, or, or do you think that the Packers maybe make a move there? Well, I, I think they showed a real vote of confidence in him, first of all, several occasions. Uh, consider he was such a long shot to make the roster to begin with. Uh, he makes the team, and he has, uh, I thought, an exceptional preseason. And he hasn't really had a lot of opportunities. He had an injury early in the season, and that's where we saw Trevor Davis was kind of assuming most of the duties um, until he got traded. But as soon as their Shepard was good to go, they were so confident in him that they went ahead and traded away Trevor Davis. So I do not think this is a Ty Montgomery situation where you're looking at a guy that was insubordinate and just going out there and making a dumb decision that cost a team an opportunity to win the game. Um, mistakes happen. This is, I think, uh, like you said, a coachable and correctable mistake for a young player that has shown a lot of promise both in preseason games and in practice situations. And I, they clearly like what they see with Darius Shepard. And I, so I, I would be shocked um, I, if they moved on from him right now. I think he's going to get another opportunity to bounce back here. Now, that being said, certainly he's going to have to, you know, uh, make some improvement in securing the ball and show that he uh, can earn back the trust of the coaching staff and his teammates. Uh, particularly if he's going to get some opportunities out there as a receiver again. Uh, when you've got a, a big opportunity to catch the ball for a first down down in the red zone and potentially fall back into the end zone, Aaron Rodgers puts it right between your hands and you're not coming away with the ball. That was almost more discouraging to me than the fumble on the punt. Both of them were big plays, but um, I, I don't know. Do you think – they're going to move on from him. I, I would be pretty surprised if they did. I'd be shocked. I'd be a little disappointed for all the reasons that you just outlined. I think that we've put a lot of work into him uh, in his development here since the uh, since the off season and the preseason. And uh, I think this kid has a ton of potential. Uh, I think that the folks that are looking to see him leave uh, here on social media are probably some of the same fans that thought Devontae Adams should have been cut after his uh, <laughs> early struggles in Green Bay a few years back. Uh, so I'm certainly not saying that he's Devontae Adams' level, uh, but what I am saying is I think that he's got uh, quite a bit of talent. He shows a spark. Some of those guys are just natural. And uh, you also have to look at who else is out there. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, Shepard shows as much upside at the return position as anybody else they're going to find right now on the waiver wire, and he's earned the opportunity to 
to get another week or get another few weeks here and show what he can do because uh, he seems like a really smart kid. He's all business, and you got to think that he's able to correct these mistakes going into uh, into next week. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like we're going to cut or trade Aaron Jones. And granted, he's got a little bit more equity built, but uh, he had a pretty similar game, if you think about it. Uh, almost exactly the same thing happened. He fumbles the ball, uh, and the Packers are driving down the field, cost them some points. Uh, and then uh, he had a touchdown that hit him right in the hands. And the only difference is that ball didn't pop up straight into the hands of a defender. Uh, and the Packers were able to hold on to the ball and uh, take advantage of a, a costly uh, fourth down penalty on the Lions to end up getting a touchdown later in that drive. But at the same time, you know, again, these things can happen. It's football. Um, certainly you want to clean it up. And this is a young uh, player that I think this organization has shown a lot of confidence in. And there's a reason they have. Um, I, I don't see them giving up on him yet. Uh, I, I think you're absolutely right. He's going to have an opportunity to bounce back. Now, if he struggles or makes some more mistakes or uh, any more costly turnovers, in the limited opportunities he has, particularly in special teams. Now, unfortunately, and I would feel bad for him if that happened, but this is a performance league. So, you know, he's not going to get an unlimited number of opportunities, certainly. But I certainly really see no upside to getting rid of him. As you said, there's not a obvious answer off the roster or on the roster. So why not go ahead and give a talented kid that's shown some things in this in this uh, position, an opportunity to grow and bounce back and show what he can really do. Totally true. Totally true. Uh, and, and before we bounce to defense here, Wags, uh, we touched on him briefly, but I thought Jamal Williams coming back from injury after that head injury against Philadelphia, missed a week, comes back in. Uh, I think he played the best uh, game of his NFL career yesterday. Uh, on Monday Night Football, I thought he had great vision. Uh, I thought that he was um, good in the pass game when called upon uh, uh, as a pass blocker, uh, which is a strength of his. But also, I thought that last play there where he took a seat instead of scoring a touchdown said so much about him uh, as, as a football player, but also as a teammate. Uh, because this guy, these guys, they get paid on their staff. Let's be honest. Uh, they get paid on that stuff. And for him to have a, a, a lane for a touchdown, it could have been easy for him to go back and be like, oops, I saw the end zone and I'm used to it and I, I scored. Oops. But instead, he he took the seat, let the clock run down, uh, and set us up for a, uh, a, a chip shot for Mason Crosby to put through the uprights and win that football game. So, uh, I have I can't say enough about how impressed I was with Jamal Williams as a football player and as a teammate last night. Yeah, absolutely. And the Packers took a timeout right before that play. So I, I don't know if I saw for sure. I'm assuming the coaching staff uh, let it be known that it was pretty likely that the Lions might just try to let him score and to go down. Um, but uh, either way, as you said, it was a, a selfless act by Jamal Williams to do that. And uh, there are lesser guys that uh, may have just, oops, stumbled into the end zone, as you said. And um, he kind of was looked like he was enjoying himself, sort of uh, just 
took a, a tumble and fell kind of ass backwards, pardon my French, and just sort of just sat on his butt down right down there at the, the two-yard line. Um, and he was, it looked like he was kind of chuckling and enjoying himself as he did that as well. So, um, absolutely. Let's, before, let's talk about the defense, but before we do, can we talk a little bit about this coaching staff? And yes. what did you see out of there from this coaching staff yesterday? Because you could say, oh, well, maybe their preparation wasn't great with the slow start that they had. But I just thought that they had a really good performance, both the offensive and defensive staff, and, and certainly Coach LaFleur as well. Um, they didn't flinch or get out of their game plan. They had a lot of things that didn't go their way or self-inflicted um, plays or drops or uh, uh, turnovers that we've already talked about. But defensively, they stuck to their game plan. And, boy, the way that this defense performed after that quick start by Detroit and facing some difficult situations with the uh, field position that they had uh, several times to hold them to field goals uh, thereafter. But also this offense sticking to the run and really just staying with the game plan and not panicking. Um, I thought they managed the tempo and the clock really well. I know that some fans were frustrated that they didn't take a shot at the end zone at the end of the first half, but I thought in that situation uh, that was the right decision to let the play, play clock run down and not give Detroit a chance to have close to a minute of, of time left in the first half to try to go down and get some points of their own. So, uh, overall, I, I, what do you think of the job this coaching staff did yesterday? Because I, I thought they did a, a really nice job of keeping the players focused and on task and, um, and when uh, a lot of times they could have just folded and let things get away from them. Yeah, Coach LaFleur continues to impress me. He stays the course. And that's something that is really hard to do as these games progress and you're, you know, you're down by a score or two scores or what have you. And I thought that uh, going into the second half, they just kept playing Green Bay Packers football uh, on the offensive side of the ball. They were able to, um, you know, they're passing, passing. And then just when you thought, oh, maybe we're getting away from the run the running game kind of started to come back. And I think that was by design. They're feeling out that Detroit defense. And uh, Coach LaFleur, uh, uh, you can say what you will about him so far. They're, it's still a small sample size. Uh, but this is a guy who, who is not afraid to coach up this team, and it sure looks like these Packers are really getting on board with him. He's, he's able to speak to these players. There's no doubt about it that they are following uh, his lead on this. And then to your point on the defensive side of the ball, Wags, uh, Detroit had every opportunity to score an awful lot more points than what they scored. The defense had their back against the wall a number of times uh, by no fault of their own. And uh, after, you know, the first series or two where it looked like they were taken a little bit, taken by surprise on the on the flea flicker and on some of the, and, and on a deep pass, uh, the next series, I thought they really were able to clamp it down. And uh, it's testament to uh, Coach Patton and, and this defense and the leaders on this defense that kept these defenders up. Uh, especially when Detroit had an opportunity to go up big and we held them to a two-score game. We held them instead of it being, uh, uh, you know, uh, it, it was at 10. It could have gone up to 17. We kept them to 13 to nothing. And at that point in the game in the first half there, uh, that defense, what they did is they said, you know what? 
we're going to keep this offense in it. And the defense really did allow then uh, for the offense to keep with their game plan. And the offense was able to respond and start to strike back. And it just, it's a testament because uh, I think that we're used to the last few years seeing a lot of offense just kind of dictating what this team does. If the offense is a big game, we'll win in football games. If the offense is a bad game, we're losing some football games. And this year, it really feels more like a team across the board, and the offense is feeding off the defense, the defense is feeding off the offense. And that starts with the coaching staff. Great job by them. Yeah, and, you know, Matt Stafford threw the most yards of his career in the first quarter. I think he had 157 yards. And he finished with 265. <laughs> so, last three quarters, this Packers defense really held him in check. And then how about that run defense? I want to – let's dig into this a little bit more specifics yeah. because Dean Lowry in the run defense yesterday, I thought really made a significant difference and an impact in what the Packers were trying to do. And the fact that they were able to hold Detroit to 2.8 yards per carry and only 56 yards rushing overall – to me, it was the biggest difference in this game. That's why Detroit was having to kick field goals and was not scoring touchdowns. We talked about it in our preview. We need to keep Detroit in third and long situations, and the Packers' defense was able to do that because they were holding uh Detroit run game to one or two yards on first and second down, and that was setting up for some longer yardage situations. That made it a lot harder for this Lions offense to convert and keep the chains moving and get deeper into the uh, Packers' territory into the red zone uh, as this game wore on. So you've got to give a ton of credit to all the guys on the defensive side of the ball. But I'm giving a special shout-out to Dean Lowry because uh, there were a number of times he was the first man on that ball carrier, and I thought he just did a phenomenal job. Yeah, and Wags, uh, you and I both know that this defense – if the defensive linemen are making the tackles, they've already shed a blocker or maybe two to make that tackle. So that's like a Herculean effort. And how many times was Dean in the backfield there? What? I counted two or three times. What, what did you see? Yeah, I think he had, and I'm, I'm just trying to see here how many tackles for a loss Dean had. I, he may not have gotten three tackles for a loss officially. Uh, I think several of those may have gone down for a one- or two-yard game. But he, as you said, was shedding his blocker or blockers, plural, and was moving downhill and making plays. And when he's able to get in there and make an impact like that, that just makes everyone else's job a lot easier. They can get in there and gain tackle and bring this uh, uh, runner down. And Carrion Johnson was a guy I was really concerned about coming into this game, and uh, this, this Packers, or this, I'm sorry, this Lions offensive line overall has done a, a really nice job so far, uh, this season heading into this, this past game against the Packers. So the fact that we were able to do what we did in this rush defense, uh, really carried through, and I can't say it enough. Uh, that is, uh, a timely performance by Dean Lowry. I think he's been solid all year long, but he shows a, a good moment to uh, really have an impact performance uh, because we needed it and it, it made a big difference, I think, in the outcome of this game. Um, a couple of other things to note. Um, it, this was a Lions deep, uh, offense that hasn't given up a lot of sacks, 
the Preston Smith and Zedaria Smith were able to get in there, and I thought they made a couple of sacks at key times that really made a big difference in taking the Lions out of field goal position or out of position to, you know, maybe even go for it on a fourth down situation. So um, that was a, a very significant as well. And those guys just continue to perform. It's been every week that I think they've been getting at least one sack on the quarterback. This is just incredible. They're just having such an impact on this team. And that is, that is uh, something that is, is really, really amazing to watch because it helps all of those guys in the secondary then. Uh, as you said, after that first quarter, I think um, everyone did an excellent job of just really locking onto their coverage and not being out of position, playing the ball, and um, and really limiting the opportunities that the Detroit receivers had to get open. No doubt about it. And, you know, it's just it's incredible to see this, and I don't want to take it for granted, but, man, it's business as usual for both those fans. Uh, they're, they're just hitting the quarterback. They're finding lanes. Uh, and and, and the, I think the brilliance with these guys, everyone knows they're coming, and they can't defend, they can't stop them. They just they run over offensive linemen. They're able to make a, a move, and uh, if it's not one of them, it's the other one. Or sometimes they're playing meet at the quarterback, and they're both hitting the quarterback at the same time. And it's just been um, what a revelation these two guys have been. And um, credit to Goody for signing these guys. They signed both of these guys with the idea that they're still uh, they were still improving as they hit free agency, and there's no doubt that that's been the case thus far as they are just playing at a uh, at a career year pace for both of them in the first year in Green Bay. And uh, I also want to give a shout-out, Jair Alexander. I think he gave up one pass for three yards in, in, for in the game is the stat that I saw after the game. He's becoming a lockdown cornerback. He had a tough week last week. Uh, against uh, in Dallas against Amari Cooper. Everybody saw it, but he kind of turns around and plays a game like he played this week. And um, I'm really impressed by him because he shows the short memory that you need to have to be a successful cornerback in this league. And uh, he's not afraid to stick his nose in there. But this week he basically took half the field away, or at least his quarter of the field away from Matthew Stafford. So Stafford couldn't even throw it at Jair Alexander. So, Kudos to Alexander, and then also I thought that Amos played a really nice game at the safety position. He was able to come up. He played a lot of cover against uh, T.J. Hawkinson, the, the uh, rookie first-round draft pick at tight end, and I thought um, more often than not he played a really strong game, smaller in stature compared to Hawkinson, but wasn't afraid to stick him at the line of scrimmage, wasn't afraid to jam him at the line of scrimmage, and was kind of wearing him throughout the night. Uh, so credit to Amos, because that was not an easy assignment to be playing. Oftentimes it seemed like man, man on man against Hawkinson, and uh, he, he more than did his job against a very, very talented rookie tight end. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because what I found interesting is that Amos seemed to be in more of that hybrid role where we've used uh, one of our safeties or DBs uh, more as a, a linebacker in coverage or closer to the line of scrimmage. And it was uh, Chandon Sullivan and Will Redman that were the two deep safeties. And perhaps, I, I don't know if it was a contributing factor or if the Lions saw that, and that was why they uh, tested the Packers deep and were able to 
uh, burn us deep a couple of times early. Um, whatever it was, they figured it out and they got it. Uh, they mitigated the damage and it wasn't an issue uh, after those first two deep throws. But it was interesting to me that they use Amos in a little bit of a different role than I have seen them use him so far this season. And he seemed to take to it naturally. And luckily, uh, Redmond and Sullivan, uh, after I, I don't know if they were fully responsible for those deep coverages or not, but in any event, um, after those first two deep passes by the Lions, uh, there uh, certainly wasn't any issues with their play on the back end as well. Yeah, you're 100% right, and I uh, just thought that overall what's exciting about this defense is that it feel like week in and week out, there's new guys stepping up and doing things that are unique to help this team win. And I thought for the second week in a row, guy you just mentioned, Will Redmond, played really good, really strong football. And I say that because uh, it's, uh, we, we all know from last season that uh, if you're not playing safety position the right way, you're going to hear your name called uh, for all the wrong reasons an awful lot. And we heard a lot of different Packer safeties last year's name called an awful lot because they were blowing coverages, they were missing tackles, they just weren't in the position they needed to be in. I thought last night, every uh, every turn that I could see, I thought Will Redmond was in the right position, playing the right game, uh, and, and maybe not flashy, but it's certainly proving that he can be a contributor on this defense, and and it, can, it has that flexibility to play in that dime role as needed, but also play on the back end at safety. And it's just really impressed by his performance. It's somebody that I thought really deserved a shout out because uh, you know he was a roster bubble guy coming into the season, uh, is now starting to make a name for himself and showing that the Packers and Coach Pett can lean on him in important situations. Yeah, absolutely. I know there was one play that uh, the Lions um, had a short slant on third down that they picked up, I believe, about 18 yards, and uh, Galladay just got under the coverage, and no one was on him. The announcer said it was a blown coverage. Um, it looks like Redmond got pulled in the opposite direction. Uh, both he and Blake Martinez uh, went and covered the same guy. So I'm not sure if there was just a miscommunication there, but that was the only time I noticed that uh, that these guys were out of position blatantly. And uh, as you said, uh, there wasn't any obvious uh, times where uh, anyone on the uh, Packers secondary, or particularly uh, playing uh, in that safety position, got out of range or got out of position that resulted in some big Lions plays. So uh, that's absolutely uh, something that's encouraging as well. You know, a couple other things just to highlight real quick. Time of possession, after that first quarter, would have you imagined that the Packers would come back and win time of possession? They actually possessed the ball for 33 minutes, or just over 33 minutes. And that's that's impressive, and that's exactly what we needed to do. So uh, that's something that I think speaks to that game plan, uh, sticking to what they were trying to do, even though it could have been easy to get out of that and, and really start to press a little bit. Um, so uh, they were they had a balance attack and and this offense was certainly moving the ball up and down the field and then uh, on the flip side third down conversion still wasn't where we needed it to be Dane uh, we were three for uh, four for twelve I'm sorry so uh, just around thirty three percent on third down 
And I get it. It's still going to be tough without your main guys out there. Um, and I don't want to pick on uh, Geronimo, as I said earlier, a guy when he's hurt, but he had a couple of drops early on that he just got to make those plays. And we need him in those third down situations. And he um, had a couple of opportunities that he didn't capitalize on. Um, Jimmy Graham had a big drop in the end zone. So I, I know I said at the top that I wasn't going to focus on, on the drops or the issues, but those were a few of the uh, reasons why that third down conversion rate wasn't higher. So the good news is correctable mistakes. This could have easily been a much higher third down conversion rate this week, but the fact of the matter is it wasn't. So we're going to still have to keep emphasizing that and uh, hopefully see some improvement from that as Packers uh, move forward. And just one for four and third down touchdown scoring. Um, the positive of that is Mason Crosby. Uh, I saw earn the one game ball that Coach before handed out, and I definitely think he earned it because he was the only one that had a, uh, let's just say, flawless game. Um, especially kudos, the fact that on the extra point on that last touchdown that they got, they had to move back another five yards and Mason yeah. just steps back and calmly drills it. And that, that one point ended up be, uh, the difference in the game. Uh, we've seen that how many times that those extra points are getting missed across the league. And if there was ever a reason why he may have uh, had a tough time of converting it, that could have been it. But no problem. Mason just takes care of business. And, um, um, that was uh, a, a quick shout out that I wanted to add in there as well. Yeah, and I'm just going to highlight or, or, or double down on what you just said about Mason Crosby. Congratulations, Mace, because, um, you know, roughest game of his career last year against these Detroit Lions. So for this year, for him to be able to drill all these kicks and, uh, you know, to be able to hit the game winner. I know it was a, a short game winner, uh, but it didn't take any of the nerves away from me. <laughs> I turned my my TV down to, to zero volume and watched that thing and was just, just I kept repeating, like, clean snap, clean snap, drill it, Mace. And when he put that through, I went nuts. And to see him have the opportunity to get that Lambo leap in, uh, and kudos to Hunter Bradley, our long snapper, for the assist and boosting him into the stands. Uh, you gotta love that. And it was, uh, it was just a beautiful moment, I know, for, for Mason Crosley, who's had some, some tough times in his personal life recently, his, his wife having some health issues. So, uh, for him to be able to drill that at home, nothing better than that for, for somebody who's been just an ultimate Green Bay Packer his entire career. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll tell you, uh, it's funny you mentioned turning the volume down. Yeah, this is a total sidebar, but I had the, the game on mute the whole second half. I was just, uh, I, I needed to tune everything out, all the noise. I wasn't on any social media. I didn't want to hear the announcers. I just didn't want to hear any of it. Um, I was kind of building myself a little cocoon. <laughs> and just hoping that the Packers could escape with a victory and I could emerge like a, a butterfly. I'm sorry, but that terrible analogy. But it was it was amazing. I I, I was so happy when uh, Mason drove that kick. I I was I just sighed a relief. I absolutely with you. You know, um, I was sitting there pacing myself. You know, it's just a chip shot, but you never want to take it for granted. You never know if you have a bad snap or 
drop, the holder doesn't uh, uh, handle the football clean. Uh, those things can happen, and yep. um, uh, and luckily it was a non-issue. We just <laughs> put, it, put it right through. Time expires, and Mason going to jump into the stands. Uh, what better way to celebrate a game that we stole away from the Lions? And I'm not ashamed to say it. I'm happy. We're five and one, baby. We got the win. <laughs> That's all that matters at the end of the day. Yes, sir. We're five and one, and uh, and uh, I, I can't believe we get to say it. We are three and zero oh in a very tough NFC North. Uh, it puts us in a great. Uh, spot right now with the Green Bay Packers now as we're starting to progress and getting closer to the halfway mark already of this NFL season. For the Packers now, really, we're in the driver's seat and we're starting to have the ability to control our own destiny. Uh, I don't expect the Vikings to slow down anytime soon. I don't expect the Lions or the Bears to slow down anytime soon. All really formidable teams, all tough games coming up against them down the road, a couple of them on the road, Bears here at home later in the season. None of those are going to be easy. Uh, but right now at 5-1, and one, I think things are looking pretty darn good, and it's very exciting to look and go, we've got a lot of mistakes that we've made, but a lot of them are correctable, and uh, the best teams are certainly the ones that uh, are able to continue to get better, and the Packers have room to grow. Couldn't be more excited and could not be more proud of this team and this coaching staff. Yeah, absolutely, and we're going to have an opportunity to, uh, I think, preview this upcoming game on Sunday against the Raiders. And the Raiders are playing a little bit better than what perhaps we would have expected coming into the season. So this should be kind of a, a similar game plan to what we've seen the last couple of weeks from uh, the Lions and and the um, Cowboys and, and the Eagles in that they're going to try to run the ball. So we'll talk a little bit more about that next time. But um, certainly uh, for now it's, it's good to just Savor the victory, and um, yeah, we got some calls. We got some breaks. Uh, I think we were kind of do for for one of those days. I I don't know. I I don't feel bad. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lose any sleep over it. That's for sure. Um, uh, certainly, if I were a Lions fan, would I be furious? Yes, I'd be furious. But they had opportunities too, and they kicked five field goals. So guess what? That's the reason you lost the game. Uh, it wouldn't have been close if you would have gone down there and executed better when you had scoring opportunities. So boo-hoo, boo-hoo, Packers win, first place, last place. That's all i got to say about that. Love it. Love it. So follow us, folks. You like these takes? You enjoy this podcast? We love doing this podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Lombardi's Legends. You can find us on Twitter, Lombardi's Legends, Facebook, Lombardi's Legends. You can call our official Cheesehead Sound Off line at 608-285-2128 and leave a message and and, and tell us what you think as we're heading into this uh, next matchup against Oakland. Uh, It's just fun. We're having a great time. We're enjoying this. Uh, And please make sure you rate us uh, on uh, iTunes and Google Play, wherever you're listening and downloading us on uh, uh, on your devices because we love getting these ratings. We love to do this for you, and it's just been a blast. And, Wags, as we always say, it's uh, it's always fun when we're winning football games to talk about the Packers. Yeah, uh, this season is flying by compared to the slog and misery of, of <laughs> Packers therapy from last year. So 
uh, I say let's keep it going. And, and Dane, uh, I don't have anything else to add. So uh, ready whenever you are. Go, pack, go. Go, pack, go.